Springfield's Talk 1041. Good Monday morning, everyone. Streaming live, ksgf.com. We are on that KSGF app. Facebook Live, which is 1041 Nick Reed. That's sponsored by Springfield Wrapped. Big thank you to them. Uh, we do have a freeze warning until 9 o'clock this morning, not completely unexpected. Uh, we'll have a look at that first alert forecast coming up here in just a couple of moments. Also, the latest news update from Color 10 Fox 49, folks. The big, the huge news, though. One thing dominating the headlines uh, over the weekend, Mike Pence has dropped out of the 2024 race. Mike Pence is out. Uh, where his support will go could totally and completely shift things. Former Vice President Mike Pence telling the annual leadership summit to the Republican Jewish coalition that he is dropping out. He says to the, to the American people, I say, this is not my time, but it's still your time. Oh, well, thank you for that. that I, my opinion of Mike Pence has drastically changed since he was he has been running for the presidency now a lot of people their opinions of him drastically changed uh in the context of January 6th specifically not challenging not sending electors back to the states uh, and for me uh, it didn't really shift one way or another on Mike Pence but where I did have a problem with Mike Pence and where I felt that he presented contradictory assessments of himself, which to, I inferred it as, as he was not honest, and I, I never heard an explanation of the contradictions. And, you know, that was his claim. And I forget if it was in a book or in an interview that he uh, never felt that there were any real challenges uh, that were relevant, that the whole argument made by those who had concerns about irregularities in the election, that all of that was uh, drummed up, there was nothing there. But the problem was... He, while down campaigning for the special election in Georgia for the U.S. Senate there, uh, at a campaign rally, talked about that, about the need on January 6th. This is something that we will look at. We've got to investigate this. We've got, and, you know, that is after, well after, he claimed that, and there was a specific date that showed the timeline was was inconsistent with the truth, um, that uh, he didn't believe any of that. So uh, that, for me, was a massive shift in my opinion of him because it appeared—I mean, it was a complete contradiction of, of what it was that he had said before, and there really wasn't ever any explanation as to that. I, I also— heard him say as many of, of you did just a, a lot of things that were just way off base way way off base and uh, he still appeared to be deluded enough like some others to believe that he had a, a chance <clears throat> there's this conversation you know that always occurs uh all right who, who amongst these candidates think that they really really do have a chance versus those that are vying for positions in the White House. Well, Mike Pence clearly wasn't vying for a vice president position. I mean, that, that was clear. So I think he genuinely somehow believed 
that uh, this was something that he had within his grasp. But he has dropped out, saying it's not my time, but it is still your time. So very generous of him uh, to to note that. After the news, I do want to talk about a couple of attacks against Trump that they're not helpful. There are plenty of reasons for Republicans challenging Trump to challenge Trump, but there are some ways that, to me, it's as if they almost want, if they don't get the nomination, to help Democrats. They almost want to provide them fodder that might be more effective than other challenges against Trump for the presidency. And uh, other than this Trump derangement syndrome, I don't get it. And Nikki Haley is one of these that while a lot of Republicans, every time she makes news headlines, be it a debate or a speech somewhere, it seems as if for Republican voters, it increases her popularity. I, I like her less. Every time she takes some position that she is portraying herself as being this strong-willed individual, it's just certain things that she says. You know, it's just they're very off-putting. And to me, she really is a finger-to-the-wind type of person. Uh, She says in the moment what she thinks is going to be popular politically, but that could very well change down the road. That's that's my assessment of Nikki Haley. Anyhow, some of that we'll talk with Congressman Burleson coming up uh, during the program today. And who else? We've got someone else, don't we? Who's on? Mm. I know we have somebody else on the calendar. I'm looking. Uh, Friday, we do have happy hour at Retro Metro 4 to 6. We'd love for you to come out and join us for that. Uh, oh, Bishop Davidson. Bishop, yeah. Yeah, so Bishop Davidson, he's actually in Liechtenstein, but he is going to call in. The reason that uh, I wanted to have him on, uh, there, there's been a lot going on with the House Speakership in Missouri and allegations of certain things, and, and then there's been cl- behind-closed-doors meetings, um, and some of it is focused on uh, utilization of dollars, reimbursing himself when he didn't actually pay for the things in the first place. So, you know, travel, for example, and, and uh, his campaign paid for it, but then he submitted for reimbursement. And uh, the best I can tell, according to him, the only reason that was discovered is because he's the one who discovered it and told his wife, hey, let's find if we accidentally did this elsewhere. Now, that that's his presentation. But uh, Bishop Davidson, who is uh, he, he covers the Republic area as well as some others as a state rep. Uh, he he's a pretty analytical guy that can lay out. Well, here's what's going on. This is what this side's saying versus that side. So he's going to join us at one point, uh, barring any sort of uh, unforeseen circumstances from Liechtenstein, which I have no idea why he's there. This is just what he tells me. The latest news update. Good morning, everyone. I'm Angela Luna. Reports of shop being fired or leaving Springfield residents frightened after the recent mass shooting in Maine. On Friday night, officers responded to a shots fired call near the Mel High Pines apartments on South Ingram Road. Officers found evidence of a shooting at a home, but have not made any arrests. There were no injuries in the incident, and anyone with any information is asked to call police. One man is dead, and two people are in custody after a shooting in Springfield on Saturday. Police say an argument led to the shooting off of South Sheridan Avenue. When police arrived, they found 33-year-old Jacob Gayton laying in the street with gunshot wounds. First responders took Gayton to the hospital where he later died. 
SPD says this appears to be an isolated incident with no threat to the public. Law enforcement arrested two people, 19-year-old Tanine Panamira and a juvenile who police did not identify. From Color 10 Studios, I'm Angela Luna. All right, that first alert forecast from Color 10 Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Freeze warning till 9, eventually sunshine 41 for a high today. Widespread frost overnight, clear down to 24. And then tomorrow, widespread early morning frost, sunny again with a high of 41. A1 Custom Car Care. Uh, this time of year, it gets colder, and so your tire inflation, you know, your PSIs are going to come down uh, somewhat. In fact, I, I got an alert on my truck that one of my tires needed addressing because it had low pressure in it, and this is very common. Uh, occurrence when the weather when the temperatures drop because of air and density and so forth and uh, it's it's inclement weather be it rain be it snow be it sleet whatever it may be uh, that inflation is very important so don't ignore that and listen you may think to yourself well yeah that's something I can do and of course you can but one of the things that I do any and every time I have one of our vehicles in with a1 custom car care even if I just just put air in them the day before, I ask them to check my PSIs on the on the tires, and I recommend you do it too. It's not going to take any, uh, you know, real measurable time. It's not going to cost you anything for them to check that, and uh, then you don't have to worry about it. Then you can know that your your tires are inflated properly, and I ask them too. Hey, uh, treads the balance is everything good there. That way you're good to go, road ready. A one custom car care for all of those car care needs. The Republican Jewish Jewish Coalition annual event took place Saturday. And you had the Republican speakers there, Mike Pence, causing a political earthquake, announcing that he was suspending his campaign for the presidency. You get this headline, Nikki Haley slams Trump for complimenting Hezbollah cozying up with dictators. Now let me tell I, I am not a person who shies away from primaries, the, the the battle that occurs. Oftentimes, Republicans really do not like this. Every time there is some sort of criticism, there is one Republican saying, this is why that Republican is not good and bad. Then the, the Republican Party, they get very nervous. They think this is ammunition for the Democrats, as if Democrats aren't going to be able to find ammunition. And they also just don't like the money that gets spent during this process. They would much rather, and I, I understand this, they would much rather that money be spent during the general election to take on the Democrat. But that's part of the process. And the way that I look at it, particularly if it is a somebody who is running for a particular office for the first time, this is training. This is where you, you get all that stuff out before it, quote, matters in the general election. Um, the idea that Republicans are going to think of some sort of insult towards another Republican that Democrats aren't going to think of, and then all of a the sudden they're going to be handed this silver bullet, I I've just never really believed that. Plus, there are some benefits to getting it out early. Uh, if it is out early, and then it, it, it the the 
candidate survives it, it becomes somewhat old news. It's not some new revelation. Uh, people generally have settled where they feel on that particular issue. And, and so you don't really get much movement that way. And you can always dismiss it as, well, that's old news. We've hashed through that and, and dismiss it. It also gives us an opportunity to see, and this applies to candidates that are uh, running for national office for the first time. It gives us an opportunity to see how they handle that sort of criticism. Some people do not handle criticism well. And by that, I don't necessarily mean that they fall apart and cry on the campaign trail. But the response, is it a response that dismantles the argument? Is it a response that the campaign has that not only dismantles the argument, but somehow turns it around on the person throwing the insult in the first place? So it gives us an opportunity to see how a candidate in a general election may handle these sorts of slings and arrows. And again, those Trump, for example, we don't really need that sort of lesson. Uh, but when you're dealing with, you know, even uh, uh, Ron DeSantis, uh, the the opening of his presidential campaign largely has been evaluated as one in which he doesn't, you know, he was he was getting all of these insults and criticism, and and the plan was ignore it from Trump, and then the numbers of DeSantis started going down, and so there was a repositioning. It just gives us an opportunity to watch how all of this plays out. All that being said. I do not believe it is beneficial to anyone to take, <clears throat> excuse me, criticism from <clears throat> Democrats that are built on total and complete lies. Not even so much because, well, it's a lie against Trump, but it's a lie against reality and the truth. And this is something that Nikki Haley did over the weekend at the Republican Jewish Coalition Summit trotting out this Trump-complimented Hezbollah. He cozies up to dictators. Now, let's tackle the complimenting Hezbollah component to this first. This is in reference to the uh, a speech Trump was giving, and he was, you know, he, <clears throat> he tends to just go on and on and on, and whatever comes to mind, he says it. And he was talking about, you know, who's going to do what and Hezbollah and, you know, Hamas and so forth. And he references, you know, Hezbollah, these are smart guys. Well, immediately, of course, the left characterized this as he's complimenting terrorists. I cannot stress enough the importance of recognizing an adversary's strengths instead of ignoring them. And whether one wants to think of Hezbollah as operationally smart or being dumb, the belief that Trump expressed in that moment is that when it comes to battling them, they have a degree of intelligence in terms of what they're doing, playing the game. 
There is no benefit to national security. There's no benefit to global security. And there's no benefit to the United States of America in pretending every bad guy in the world has no strengths whatsoever. If they had no strengths whatsoever, then they wouldn't exist as a formidable foe. They would not exist as a problem. We wouldn't need a military to take them on. We would not need plans of action. We wouldn't be in this situation. It doesn't mean that they're always intelligent. But this insane idea that to me is absolutely suicidal, that is put forth by Democrats, the media, and some Republicans like now Nikki Haley, that if you recognize, hey, they're pretty cunning. Hey, our enemy, all right, we can't just assume that they're dumb. They, they, they operate with some intelligence here. Or we recognize that they're exceptionally brutal, which gives them the upper hand in certain capacities. If every time there is a recognition of what the strength of our enemy is or what some of their strengths are as we evaluate their strengths and their weaknesses and so forth, that the understanding and recognition for the, the purposes of best learning to overcome them, that, that looking at those strengths means that you're complimenting them and you're going to be called out for it, then we might as well just give up. It is the stupidest position one can possibly take. I'm not going to sit here and claim that I've read every book on war and read every book on the brilliant, you know, those who are, are labeled as brilliant over time when it comes to war and, and battling the opposition. But the one thing that I do suspect is none of them have a chapter on whatever you do, ignore the strengths of your enemy. Whatever you do, put your head in the sand and pretend as if there's nothing about the opposition that you need to worry about because they have strengths in that area. This is actually one of Trump's strengths and one of the reasons that he got progress against when it came to dealing with Kim Jong-un, when it came to dealing with the Middle East and so forth, because he recognized the strengths and the weaknesses, by the way, of the opposition. As much as the, the world of academia would like to believe that the way that you deal with people is something that comes out of a book, that ain't it. And while they would all run around chirping about Trump being some sort of buffoon and idiot who's never read this book or that book, he knew how to size people up. His education was in a boardroom. His education was negotiating with people who had wants and desires. His education was sizing up people, recognizing what their strengths are, recognizing what their weaknesses are, not just when they were opposition, but people that perhaps he was thinking of allying himself with. What is going to benefit me the most? You have to recognize the opposition, every aspect of them, whether it's political, whether it's social, whether it's on the world stage dealing with violent enemies. And this, this dark, I, I don't even know how to describe the level of stupidity and the frustration I have at the one guy who apparently understands what it is that you have to do in order to take on the enemy, that's Donald Trump, and not only, okay, we expect Democrats to uh, criticize him for it and uh, the media to criticize him for it, but to have Republicans, there's plenty of reasons that Republicans can criticize Donald Trump. 
there are plenty of reasons that maybe aren't even legitimate. But they don't defy the truth, like the actual. Uh, they may defy defy the truth of an instance, but this is like a this is a a life truth here when it comes to dealing with opposition, and it's just so maddening to me. It is so frustrating to me. And apparently, Nikki Haley's position here is that you should never size up your enemy. If, in sizing up your enemy, you're going to look at what their strengths are. And, God forbid, actually acknowledge them at the same time. Springfield's Talk 1041. i I'm Nick Reed. We're going to get a traffic update. Look at that weather. There is a freeze warning until 9 o'clock this morning. There Now, just so everyone's clear here as I talk about this ludicrous and, frankly, dangerous position that anti-Trump people are taking, and Nikki Haley took it uh, over the weekend before, and I, I wish Trump would just defend himself in this capacity, and that is claiming that because he recognizes, he does, he sizes up organizations, leaders, people like Hezbollah, and notes that, okay, weakness is here. Well, one of their strengths is they, you know, they, they're smart when it comes to how it is that they carry out attacks. I mean, let's just look at Hamas, for example. It, the the marketing that all of this that they're doing oh we need the aid and all you know it clearly it's smart because everyone falls for it right the the continue the the call for ceasefires they know exactly what they're doing that is a smart move on their part to pretend as if they're idiots is part of the reason that we get in the we fall into these traps over and over again I don't want to belabor the point. But just so you know, this isn't all about defend Trump, defend Trump. There is a fair criticism in the, what Nikki Haley's talking about uh, or what she mentioned as well regarding his response. And it was that speech specifically uh, in the days after the invasion and the terrorist attack of Israel that I do think is a, is a fair criticism. And I'll explain that. And then also this story, Washington Examiner, Biden and GOP rivals try to shift focus to Trump's age and gaffes in 2024 race. Now, this is another area in which Republicans should not be hitting Trump. American Transmissions, talk and text line 447-KSGF. So I told a lie. All right, everyone. Let's look at that first alert forecast from Color 10 Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. That is sponsored by Navant. N-E-V-O-N-T, employee benefits that work. There is a freeze warning until 9 this morning. Sunshine 41 today. Widespread frost tonight, clear low of 24. Widespread early morning frost tomorrow. Otherwise sunny with a high of 41. Wind chill as low as 17. Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty. Now, listen, uh, I saw another posting. I just love the postings that she does because one of the things, in my assessment, that differentiates her from a lot of other people in the real estate industry is her Facebook, her social media postings aren't all listings. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I have a lot of friends who they probably, you know, they have their own personal Facebook page and then they have one that is for uh, their their real estate 
um, endeavors. And, and it's just, you know, a lot of, oh, this one, this one, this one. And it's a listing of homes, which is a great resource if that's what you're looking for. But what I do like about Emily Johnson is a majority of hers are not like that, though she does have some of them, particularly if they're real standout homes. Yesterday, for example, I, I came across, I'm not sure when she posted it, that she recently, I believe, had or she's had in the past people selling their homes. And they have a room that's wallpapered. And they think, should I get rid of this? Should, should we go through the hassle of taking it down, having it removed, and, and then repainting? Not everyone likes wallpaper. And, and she responds to that. Listen, some people do, some people don't. But that's not the sort of thing you need to worry about because, frankly, you don't know. And you think about it, it makes sense, right? Some people do, some people don't. So no matter what you do, you're going to have some people that liked it the other way better. Why spend money and effort doing something that may not move the needle? That's the sort of advice you get from her. And, of course, while she does post that information, when you utilize her to help you sell your home, or, of course, if you're looking to buy one, that's what you get personally from her every single day. Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty couple of your text messages on the American Transmissions talk and text line responding to uh, the story Nikki Haley slams Trump for complimenting Hezbollah cozying up with dictators. And she said, as president, I will not compliment Hezbollah. I will not compliment Chinese communists, you know, all this stuff. And her, her launching point from this was the fact that during a speech, Trump referenced Hezbollah. They were smart and how they would carry out or how you know, they might carry out from Lebanon an attack in Israel. And and this is used by the left. And Nikki Haley and some other Republicans as he's complimenting Hezbollah. Uh, some of your text messages, great football coaches and company leaders talk about the strengths of their competitors every single day. Another noting, never underestimate your enemy. And the only way that you, you know, well, one of the ways you can underestimate them is choose to pretend as if they have no strengths. Listen, like I, you, you don't have to be an expert at war in order to know this. Annually, for a period of time, we would, it, you know, you approach things differently in terms of your place in the market and so forth. But one of the things that we would do uh, on an annual basis with a SWOT analysis. Have you ever heard of this SWOT analysis? Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities. You know, and, and, you, and you go through and you, all right, what are the strengths? What are the weaknesses? What opportunities exist here? What, you know, I, you, you just, part of it is you're looking at your, not, you know, just your own strengths and weaknesses, but maybe your weaknesses are the strengths of others. And so I, I suppose because in my mind, in a competitive nature, talking business, uh, I recognize that this is a, an approach that is successful, effective, and frankly, necessary um, in order to size up the opposition. So this idea that you just should, I, it's just mind-boggling to me. It's absolutely mind-boggling. Now, the one thing that Nikki Haley did say that I do think legitimately can be criticized was Trump's criticism of Benjamin Netanyahu, in the days as this invasion was unfolding, I mean, we're still in the middle of it, of course, this war that Israel has had forced upon them. And Trump, during his talk, 
among other things, he was critical of Netanyahu and said he didn't listen to me and so forth. I, I, I when I heard that, I thought that's not really necessary right now for a number of different reasons. You, you kind of would like to be seen in right now in this environment as 100% total pro-Israel. And Netanyahu, under Netanyahu, there was a tremendous amount of support for Trump. And so there's no political benefit, if we're going to look at the political component to this, of, of doing any of this. Well, he should have listened to me. He wasn't loyal to me because of this and that and so forth. Um, but even at the same time, for Pete's sakes, let the dust settle a little bit. I mean, this is just my reaction to it. Uh, did Netanyahu do some things as prime minister that could have, you know, led to this attack becoming easier for Hamas? Was there a taking an eye off the ball? Uh, were there different decisions made that led to Hamas believing this was the time? Okay, maybe. And those are things that should be evaluated. But in the moment, uh, you know, it, it just did not seem beneficial. And I think that that is a legitimate criticism. And I, I just, well mention that for a couple of reasons. One, be, because it is a legitimate criticism, and I do not think it was smart uh, in any aspect of Trump to do that at the time, but also just to demonstrate that you know the, my perspective on the extremely ill-advised criticism of Trump because he recognizes the strengths of the enemies. That that's not just because well Trump is good and everything he does is good. Because there and it's also not to say or to demonstrate that I'm not saying Republicans shouldn't criticize him. That this is what the primary fight, the caucus fight, this this nomination fight is all about. It's these sorts of of criticisms. But there are some that are legitimate and some that I think frankly are not. And I and and this head in the sand, pretend our enemies don't have strength, uh, and acknowledging them is some sort of of uh compliment to them is is just it's wrong it's flat out wrong here's another area washington examiner biden and gop rivals try to shift focus to trump's age and gaffes in the 2024 race opponents of former president donald trump republican and democratic alike are implementing a new shared line of attack focusing on the 77 year old's age and mental acuity the strategy is being deployed following Trump's recent verbal mistakes and stances he appeared to backtrack on shortly after taking them. Both Governor DeSantis and Joe Biden's campaigns are using the new strategy to convince primary voters and general election voters, respectively, that Trump's age and competence warrant concern. One of the things that the DeSantis campaign has launched is an accident tracker that will tally Trump's days without a misstep. According to the tracker, Trump is zero days accident free. According to some strategists, this is a politically expedient move for both of the campaigns. Quote, for Biden, the timing couldn't be better, said Democratic commentator Kayvon Shroff. He explained that Biden is showing leadership on the global stage. Just crap, crap, crap. This is very, very ill-advised for a number of reasons. One, the Biden clearly, clearly has problems. This is a guy that can't even read off note cards successfully. 
his note cards telling him what members of the press to call on they've had to add pictures to, as if he's in kindergarten. They have had to alter how he gets around. They've had to limit to the bare minimum the number of steps that he can go down or up because of fears they have. This is a guy that can't finish up any sort of speech without forgetting which way he's supposed to go off the stage. He forgets names. He references people that have died. I I think... We don't even really need to go through the listing because the only people who claim that he's sharp as a tag are people that are lying or they are in complete and total denial. To what the tactic that is used by the media and the Biden supporters has always been to make it simply an age issue. And why do they want to do that? Well, because Trump isn't that far off from Biden in in terms of his age. He's just a few years off. So if it is simply an age issue as opposed to a mental acuity issue, then they can present it as, well, I mean, if you have a problem with Biden, you can't vote for Trump. If, If, in other words, the swing voters who are uncomfortable with Biden's mental issues If you can convince them that it is simply an age issue, then they can say, well, Trump is roughly the same age, so you can't use this as a deciding factor, and that will work in Biden's defense. Now, what the problem here is with this approach that's being taken by the DeSantis campaign specifically is they are essentially trying to create in addition to basically help out the Biden campaign, because not only are they trying to create this narrative that, oh, well, it's just about age, that, well, even if it's not about age, Trump clearly has mental problems too. And I'm not going to say that Trump at the age of 77 is just as sharp as he was at the age of 47. These things, I don't know. But clearly, the mental acuity If you're going to evaluate, Trump versus Biden could not be further apart. Biden cannot sit down and read through note cards without almost falling asleep. Trump will stand up in the wind and the rain for two and a half hours. acting just as energized at the end of it that he was at the beginning of it, talking about anything under the sun. He doesn't, I mean, even if he had note cards, he'd ignore them. Meanwhile, Joe Biden, again, I mean, this guy acts like he's asleep three sentences in. The idea that somehow that the DeSantis campaign essentially here, I think what what they're trying to do is equate the two and, and, Tell Republican voters, well, it's hypocritical if you think that uh, Biden has mental problems and so he shouldn't be president, but then you're going to support Donald Trump. And what they're trying to do is is create this idea that, well, yeah, I guess that's true. So I can't vote for Trump either because look at all these, these, these gaffes. That means that he is in the same mental ballpark that Biden is. And that just could not be further from the truth. Could not be further from the truth. And the problem is, that this will this could potentially have real implications in the general election. 
there will be some people that really, that believe it or not will go in November to the voting booth and just it'll be a coin toss for them. They can't stand Trump because of his personality, but they also Biden is a real train wreck and he's a train wreck because of his mental issues. Well, if with the help of Republicans, Democrats and the media are successful in convincing those people that, well, listen, if you're worried about Biden's mental issues, look, Trump has them as well, so you can't decide on that. That's not helpful. Finally, I would say, there are calculated decisions that are made. If you are a primary challenger to somebody that you want to beat, and you are sitting around deciding, all right, what do we hit this person with? And you you recognize, is this something that could potentially be damaging in the general election if my opponent does get the nomination, okay? Now, if you are in a neck-and-neck race with that person and you recognize, yes, this is an attack that could potentially do damage to my opponent if they win the nomination and face off in the general election. But we're neck and neck, so I believe we can win this thing, and that will be irrelevant. It's a gamble, right? There's not a real gamble here. Trump is up 40%, 50%, give or take any poll, over all of these people. So in other words, arguably, if there was any reasonable thought that this approach, essentially convincing people that Trump mentally is no different than Biden mentally, is would be an approach in which he might not get the nomination, that all of a sudden you would have Trump supporters decide after everything that they've been through that they are going to throw their hat or they're going to throw their support behind someone else, then you would be talking about a potentially different scenario. But that's not where we are. This isn't going to move the needle any. And so I think that it is fair for people to ask, what is the point? And I'm not I'm not one of these people that declare that these individuals should give up, that these people should not fight because of the inevitability factor here. But to employ tactics that could potentially be impactful in the general election when there's absolutely no reasonable assertion that those tactics could help you win the nomination, to me, seems like there's no point to it. And the only upside is to those who don't want Trump to be president and would rather see Biden be president once again. God help us all. We got a happy hour coming up. A retro metro, four to six this Friday. Later in the evening, they have live jazz. If you want to hang around for that. I believe, that, as you know, we were getting some of you registered for our private showing of the Burbs, which is going to be uh, this Saturday at Alamo Draft House, and all of you who won um, would have been contacted. I, If memory serves, and I'm sure it does, uh, Houston, 
our promotions director, uh, referenced the fact that he would keep a few aside so we could give away other ways. And uh, I, so I think what we'll do is have a registration out at our happy hour retro metro on Friday. So if you come by, we'll get you registered for that. And at the end of the evening, six o'clock, we'll draw. And if you win, then uh, have at least two tickets, a pair of tickets um, to join us if you want to the following day to watch the the burbs um, of all people you see tom martz won yeah yeah <laughs> what are the odds uh he won i'm not saying that facetiously legitimate legitimately won um and uh he has not seen the burbs so Ooh. i hope he, i hope, hope he likes it no i hope he's not disappointed i'm gonna be very he just stands up walks out in the middle of the movie yeah just or waits till the end and just looks looks at us and says nothing and then turns around and walks out starts throwing tom, popcorn yeah. at tom us. is one that is uh he's very uh honest in his assessment of things not meanly not in a mean way uh but you, if he doesn't care he'll tell you just like no i didn't really like that so those of you who haven't seen it, who won, uh, I think that you will enjoy it. It's a good, fun movie. Good, fun movie. So that uh, is something that last chance registration for Retro Metro 4 to 6. Uh, and you, you don't have to be present to win. We can, uh, well, I don't know how. We don't have actual tickets, do we? We do a nameless. I'll get more details today, and we'll talk about it some more tomorrow. See how prepped I am to actually bring this to light. Uh, all right, uh, let's see. Highway 13, Carney, flashing red. Obama labeled ISIS. This is from the American Transmissions Talk and Text Line. This is a great point. Obama labeled ISIS as JV, worked out well for him. Talking about this renewed attack, this time Nikki Haley, at the Jewish conference over the weekend, accusing Trump of complimenting Hezbollah because he noted that they were smart. This is a criticism that he has dealt with in the past in which he in sizing up the opposition recognized some of their strengths and the left and now Nikki Haley and I'm sure some other Republicans trip over themselves saying oh he compliments bad guys uh, I'll never compliment bad guys well this is an excellent point because Obama took the opposite approach instead of recognizing ISIS's strengths what did he do he did what apparently we're supposed to do with the enemy Totally ignore their strengths. Pretend that they have none. And instead, just see them as, well, with ISIS, the JV team. This was the approach the Obama administration took. Say, mocking them, telling all of us they're not that good, they're not that great. His comparison was, you know, just because you try to put on a varsity jersey, that doesn't mean you're not the JV team any longer. Well, didn't that approach of refusing to recognize the strengths of ISIS work out nicely for us? Is that what we would get with the Nikki Haley administration? I certainly hope not. You know, this, this isn't about Trump. It's not about Nikki Haley. But I, in, a, in a world in which we consistently approach dealing with the bad guys by underestimating them, by pretending as if they're not going to say what they're going to do, by pretending as if they have no capabilities, that we're the United States of America and no one is going to, you know, in any way, shape or form, act smartly. They're not going to act intelligently. They're not going to act in any manner that we should recognize as a strength. I, I'm just, I don't know about you. I'm kind of tired of it. And it doesn't seem to work very well. Mm -hmm. All right. 
If you miss any of uh, the show in the upcoming hours, we are going to have Congressman Burleson on around uh, 8.15, I think. And then Bishop Davidson, he is going to be joining us in the upcoming hour uh, as well. So you can catch it in the on-demand section at KSGF.com or the KSGF app.